Welcome to a special episode of Brain Trust Philanthropy. On Sunday, May the 2nd, Simone Joyeux, ACFRE, passed away near her home on Rhode Island. With her passing, the fundraising community lost a leader, it lost a friend, and it lost one of its most important voices. She passed away suddenly, unexpectedly, and far too early. The news of her death shocked the nonprofit world, and the outpouring of our grief and the celebrations of her life have been tremendous. Simone was a friend to me and to our podcast. She joined us on episode 9 in our first season of Brain Trust Philanthropy. She was joined by Sherilyn Hale and Andrea McManus. The topic was governance in our sector. It was an amazing episode. We were thinking about what we might want to do to honor Simone and her contributions to fundraising and to the world. We decided to host an impromptu podcast with open invitations to the fundraising community across the globe. To call in and share with us tributes and stories about the irreplaceable Simone Joya. What follows are the touching, sometimes funny, and always beautiful tributes to a human we all loved. Thank you all for coming. If I may, I'm actually going to invite the uh, the illustrious and famous Kathy Mann on Atlanta, Atlantic coast of Canada to share with us some of her memories of our beloved Simone. You can start, Kathy, if you don't mind. I'm, I'm putting you on the spot, of course. Yeah, that's all right. Um, <clears throat> thank you, Vince, for uh, for inviting me and for doing this, uh, uh, so that we can, you know, publicly um, have a love in uh, for Simon. Uh, I um, uh, I uh, knew Simon like many people um, through conferences and and just engaging her in conversations, and then became her student at. Uh, um, at St. Mary's, where we got to spend some quality time together. And uh, I, two, two memories really stand out for me. One is that um, I loved engaging Simone in debate. And, um, and uh, because she was so passionate about any position that she had. And I will admit that sometimes I would just take an opposite stand for the the joy of debating her um, uh, about something, even when I already believed in uh, the same thing that she did. Um, <clears throat> so that was, um, I really did enjoy that. In class, students would sometime roll their eyes at us when we got into debates, but um, it didn't, uh, it didn't dampen my enthusiasm for it. And uh, when I heard the news, the memory that came to me was, um, was a peculiar one. I had the opportunity to um, introduce Simon to my favorite version of Leonard Cohen's um, Alleluia, and it's Katie Lang's version at the Winter Olympics in Vancouver in 2010, and uh, she hadn't heard it before, and we watch it on YouTube together. Um, the whole class watched it, actually, and she um, she stopped, and she teared up, and it was uh, like I just watched her sort of allowing herself to viscerally feel the moment and uh and it it felt like this incredible um intimate bond that we shared um and uh and that was the memory that that jumped out at me when i uh when i heard the 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 tragic and to me very surprising news well kathy thanks for sharing that memory and for setting the tone um for us as we go forward so thank you for that and i know that you might have to go but we will share the audio and we will share this video with all the participants, but not with the wider world. So just something there. Maybe if I could just uh, turn it over to Kay. Um, Kay, if you don't mind, I know your time is tight. I, we've got a bunch of people whose time is tight, but I want to try and get there. Kay, sure. Um, why don't you weigh in and see if you can uh, 
tag in some memories or tributes uh, or thoughts around Simone. Actually, I love how Kathy started this about what flashed in my mind, you know, when I heard the news. And I was remembering um, we had been invited by the IFC. Simone and I had been invited by the IFC to do a presentation on planning. And there was there were several faults with that. One is that nobody really cared about planning at the IFC. They just wanted to know how to go out and raise money. It was early IFC. Sherilyn, you're laughing. And um, and the second thing was, is that <laughs> Simone and I were technologically on different paths because I was, I mean, the technology that we were using was pretty primitive. I mean, it was, it may have been PowerPoint, but it could have been overheads, but she didn't like any of that. And so here I was in Rhode Island at their home, and we were spending the day doing this. And it I flashed on this memory because here's the thing with someone that was always so wonderful for me. She was all the things that I never had the courage to be, in turn, not in terms of believing, because we believed, well, right down the slot together, but how she could profess it, how she could rattle people's cages. And I once told her, I said, you know, I have a feeling that my Victorian great aunts live in me and they prevent me from doing these bold, wild, wonderful things. Even the way she dressed and the fact that she had 20 pairs of glasses with all different rims. And let's talk about the rings. Shall we talk about the rings? And I thought, why can't I be like that? And but what we found was really a deep respect for each other. And gosh, we had a I think the last time we spent a long time with each other was that she and Tom and I were all at um, at the Dublin at the fundraising program at the at Trinity. And we had such a great, great time. And I think if if you were like me, you were wondering why she was so quiet this last year. In fact, I reached out to her a couple of times and didn't get much of a response. And so I think we've learned from Tom that she was very worried about her, her health all year. And so I just, I have such fond memories of her and I just, the boldness and the brilliance and all of it. And I am just very grateful to have this opportunity to share my experience with all of you. So thank you, Vince, very much. Uh, that's lovely, Kay, and I and the glasses and the rings, but the courage and the fierce. Oh yeah, the courage. Thank, thank you for sharing that with us. We really appreciate it. Uh, if I could, I'm going to go to Marianne and then to Wayne and Luce. Uh, so Marianne, if you wouldn't mind sharing, I know you had put your hand up in terms of tightness for time. So yeah. if I could. Well, hi everyone, and um, I'm really glad to be a part of this. I'm dialing in from Malta, Europe, a small country in Europe. And courage is truly what Simon gave me. I, I had the good fortune of hearing her speak several times when I was still a fundraiser in Canada. And at the Toronto Congress, she spoke. She just, as a sidebar, said something about our house in France. And she talked about how she and her brother had this place in France and they rented it out. And I thought, how utterly exotic and how so cool. And afterwards, I walked with her in the hallway and she told me more about it. She gave me a business card. and She said, you should look into it sometime. It stayed with me. And I thought, I want that. I want something just like that. 
And in 2004, my husband and I made the leap overseas. And I've been living outside of Canada ever since. And I've lived around the world. And I can tell you that Simon was a great influencer in making that happen in my life. And I've worked in philanthropy ever since, over the years, uh, mostly as a volunteer. But truly, she affected that change in me. And that's my memory of her. It's not so much fundraising, although that was deep too, but it was more the courage to move on. Thank, Thank you. you for that, Marianne. I um I was struck. I'm listening to these stories, and I was struck by uh, when later on when I say a few words myself. That inspiration about that house in France, I think, affected a lot of people, including me, Wayne and Luce, or Wayne, if it's just you now. Yeah. Thank. Thank you very much, Vincent. My first uh, encounter with Simone was at my very first fundraising conference in Baltimore in 2005, and somebody suggested. I think it was Luce actually suggested they should go see one of Simone's. Uh, sessions. So I, I went into the session not really knowing what to expect and, and, and saw this vibrant woman spitting fire and brimstone and marching back and forth and, and slamming her hat, fist down on her, on her open hand and, and talking about all, all sorts of things all around people's rights and women's rights and, and that sort of thing. And, and I thought, wow, what a, what a vibrant firecracker. And of course, she talked about many, many other things too. And, uh, donor recognition and different things and and um but that that really struck me and i i made a point of going to each one of her sessions on subsequent icon uh conferences uh if for nothing else than to just see her theatrics and hear about how she hated basketball and don't anybody talk about basketball otherwise they'll they'll be the uh lightning rod of her wrath <laughs> shall we say but uh uh, one fond memory is having the honor and privilege uh, later on uh, sitting on the um, Distinguished Fellows Committee uh, for uh, choosing the two 2019 honorees uh, that were um, that were announced in um, San Antonio, Texas, and had the honor not only of being part of that selection process, but also being there to see Simone pick up her award and speak so eloquently and passionately about what it meant to her. And that was the last time that we were all together uh, at an icon. And uh, I thought it was very fitting and just something that I was really honored by and really has stuck with me. Thanks for that, Wayne. And, uh, and of course, uh, I'm sure someone else will get into the basketball references <laughs> and the fierceness of that. So thank you for that, Wayne. Um, Pleasure. Uh, Andrea, if we could, can we turn it over yeah. to you? I know you guys uh, uh, had a close relationship, so yeah. I'm thrilled to hear from you. Well, like everybody else, I, I've known Simone for a long time, but I really got to know her well when I was chair of AFP. And uh, we happened to be in the same city, which doing a chapter, I was doing a chapter visit and she was speaking at their event and can't remember where it was, but uh, I ended up standing at the elevator with her. And thinking to myself, have all these thoughts going through my mind, I know that at that point in time, Simone was really not happy with AFP. And of course, she was always very honest in her criticisms and her, <laughs> and her thinking. But I made it a mission of mine, and I recruited Robbie Healy to help me, that we wanted to bring Simone back into the fold. <clears throat> I think we did at the time. But uh, the thing with Simone that really struck me was that you you could bring her on side but you had to work to keep it that way. If you weren't honest with it, then 
she would call you out on it. And um, I just have such huge ad admiration for that uh, integrity. And uh, Kay, I was really struck by what you said about, um, you know, you want to be more like this woman. This woman. I, I had the same feeling about Simone. I wish I, wished I could be as, as opinionated, so not just eloquently, but elegantly and fairly. Uh, I really admired that with her. Um, there are actually two women um, that I consider my fundraising heroes, and certainly Simone was one. But Kay, I do want to say you are the other one. So now it rests on your shoulders. <laughs> so, so that's a big responsibility. And, <laughs> and but I want to share something that happened uh, since Simone died, and I think you you will all appreciate this. I mean, I still can't believe that she's gone. Like just still shocking to me. Um, but some of you may be aware that Simone had uh, committed to doing three Friday morning sessions with the Rhode Island chapter. The first one, uh, there were two hour sessions with 15 people. And the first one was the Friday right after she died. And so her friend Ashley uh, contacted uh, me and, and um, I know Beth Ann, I think did one as well. And, but I, I stepped in for Simone on the first one, on the first Friday, along with um, Cicely. Um, Tysley Williams. Tysley Williams. I was going to say Cicely Tyson. Oh, God. Tysley Williams. <laughs> being called that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> anyway, you can imagine how overwhelming that was. I mean, it was, you know, to be stepping in for someone five, six days after she had, had passed away. And it, and it was a bit teary, of course, but, uh, I did, we didn't, I didn't, we didn't agree. We didn't get contacted until the Wednesday and I had very little limited time to prepare. So Thursday night, I'm looking through all the stuff and the people who were there and, and I got all of Simone's notes. And I think to myself, okay, I just, I'm just going to put some of this up on a few slides, uh, just to collect my thoughts. And I immediately thought, oh my God, if I do that, I'm sure she's going to smite me from wherever she is. <laughs> So, you know, she hated PowerPoint. <laughs> I don't think I never saw her use PowerPoint. So I didn't because <laughs> I really was afraid that she would reach out and smack me from wherever she was. But uh, she was just such a force and such a, a deep and, and beautiful soul. I am just just a huge loss for us. So. Andrea, I know, uh, well, this has hit all of us hard, but thank you for that. You used words uh, eloquent and elegant. Uh, in her forceful uh, opinions and mm -hmm. um, and <laughs> that that sort of love hate relationship with AFP, which is very very yeah. much <laughs> well, <laughs> depending on which part of the cycle we were in was always very interesting. And I admire that you and Robbie made it your mission to try and bring her back. Um, <laughs> I, I and I think you were successful. So I'm mindful of people's times. If I could, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask Daryl, then Ian, then Martha. Because uh, they've all uh, sort of indicated that timeline, and then um, Kathy, you're waving goodbye, so we'll say goodbye to you. And uh, hi, Cat, how are you? And, or you're waving at them. Sorry, I'm lost consciousness there. Daryl, you're on stage. You're on deck. Tell us about your interactions with the great Simone Joya. You're on mute. You have to unmute. There we go. Yeah, I'm unmuted now. Thank you, everybody. It's hard to follow what I've heard already, but I have to say, Simone, I had the luxury of. of meeting her many, many times around the world. We were sort of on the same eternal rock and roll fundraising conference circuit, I guess. Um, for me, Simone was all theory, wild, challenging, disturbing, always entertaining. I mean, it was like going to see the Simone show. 
even if I wasn't at conferences, people would often ask me, uh, clients and others, who should I go and see? And if I saw Simone on the on the schedule, I said, even if this is not your topic, go and see her. You will not be disappointed. And you certainly will not fall asleep in your seat out of fear, if nothing else. Um, she was all shaking the tree. Um, and I would say shaking the tree of everything, any anything that she was engaged with, she wanted to get to the heart, to get to the truth, and tell truth to power, and tell truth to boards, preferably she could fire them, and that would be even better. It wasn't a fired up board she was looking for, it was a fired board half the time. Uh, I had the, the joy of being part of that, re-engaging Simone in the AFP, I guess, when I was vice chair uh, and responsible for the, uh, the, the education and conferences. And we brought Simone in, or we co-created with Simone. The Ecclesia was part of that, the Rebels, Renegades, and Pioneers session, along with a bunch of others. And that's what she was. If she wasn't anything, she was a rebel, a renegade, and a pioneer. And I think whilst we see the big Simone on the big stage, you know, she should have been, she should have had a role in Harry Potter, I think. Um, she could have been a brilliant character in that series. The bits that I most appreciated was often at the end of a conference, and I would find Simone sitting with the young fundraising professionals, with people new to the game, and having a quiet and considered, well, I'd say conversation, it was often she was more listening than talking, where, you know, when you're on the stage, you're used to talking. Um, and I always was there in awe. I think the last time was in Dallas, when we did the uh, Dallas-Fort Worth conference. and. She was there with some young women. We were talking about many issues, way beyond fundraising, especially um, some some of the challenges young women face in the sector these days. And she was there as a support, and she was giving them her personal phone number and her contact details and say, if you ever need somebody to talk to, talk to me. And she was a woman who was eternally busy. So that was the generosity, I think, often was not seen of Simone. And one last little anecdote, my wife Miriam, who quite a few of you know, uh, met up with Simone and Tom at the Italian Festival of Fundraising when it used to be in a Art Deco hotel. And the hotel had been designed by Mussolini. And not only had it been designed by Mussolini, for whatever reason, the organizers gave Tom and Simone the Mussolini suite. No. Designed for himself and still had his artifact. Uh, you can imagine that made for a very joyful and <laughs> crazy lunch conversation with Simone and Tom. So I have to say, my memories are, are so happy, so full, and may she rest in peace, but God help the people above or wherever she is, because she's going to be giving them hell either way. So thank you. Thank you for that, Daryl. And you're right. I saw that too at the end of conferences that she would sit down with young fundraisers and listen. I love that. I think that's one of the reasons why she had such an impact across everything. Um, so thank you for that, Daryl. I know you're in Spain and that time zone's up there. So stay with us as long as you can. But um, if you have to go, we get that. Ian, if I could, over in London, over to you. Um, your your interactions and remembrances of Simone. Yeah, so other people have already spent, and Kathy started by saying, um, what a debater she was and how Kathy would um, debate with Simone for fun. 
I'm not sure you do it for fun. I mean, it, it will be another, there's another adjective you could you could use to describe it. it will be inspiring and difficult and challenging. It may not be fun, but I, I get what she meant by that. Um, and others have said that she was passionate, had forceful opinions, and the way she presented was a show of force. Now, a lot of people in our sector do present like that. They are they get on stage and they present a show. And with a lot of people, there's some artifice with that. With some people that come out and present, there's a lot of there's a lot of show, but there isn't always enough, a lot behind that. But with Simone, there was always something behind that. There was there was real substance to her, and. Oswald Boateng, who was, you know, the, the suit designer, was once asked, you know, can you have about the style or substance thing? And he said, you can't have style without substance. You have to have the substance to have style. And Simone, I think, had had both because the substance behind her gave her that style. And what Simone possessed, I think, was a quality that a lot of people don't have. She could argue properly. She knew how to argue. She knew how to cons- construct an argument and a conversation and have a debate. And the objective of that debate was to go somewhere. It wasn't just to defend your pre your, your prejudice pre-assigned position. You weren't having, uh, you know, she presented strong opinions and she thought that she was right with those opinions, as most of us do, but she was prepared to be challenged on those. So whenever I was chatting to Simone about things, I never felt as I feel with some other people that we're having an argument and we're trying to chip away at each other each other's edifices and we're not going anywhere with with that. I think Simone had this rare quality that so many people think they have and don't in that she could engage in proper critical debates and she could admit the fact that, you know, her position could shift based on what she was hearing, as well as just trying to defend her position and shift other other people's. So if for no other reason than that, she deserves to be a role model for every single person in the fundraising profession. Ian, I was hoping to hear style and substance and you didn't let me down. Uh, <laughs> and, and you nailed it. That was great. And I love the fact that she's a role model for how debate should happen. And so I really love that you brought that up. And so thank you for joining us. Again, I know you're in a different time zone, so we're thrilled that you were able to join us. But if you have to go, we go and I think we're waving at some people. Um, For folks that are just coming in, we're kind of just getting some things rolling. We might do this a little more formally. Um, We are sharing and recording the video with only you, but the audio with the world. So we're looking forward to that. And I'm mindful of folks' time. And Martha, if I could, could we turn now to you and then maybe to Beth Ann? Thanks, Andrea. Bye-bye. Vincent, thank you so much for doing this. And uh, I'm sure like most, if not all of this, uh, us, this feels a little surreal. It doesn't really feel, I don't know, to me anyway, it doesn't feel possible that such a force of na- of nature is, is gone. Um, but I think the if there is any good news, it's that her, her legacy lives on and everyone in this group and everyone who will hear the podcast and many, many others. So, Seven months from the day that I lost my mother, which was September 30th, I got word that Simone was in grave danger. And and I think at that point, we all knew what was coming. So that was on April 30th. I happened to be in Michigan at the time. And many of you know about uh, Simone's Michigan connection. So it was all, um, it was all kind of, you know, rather strange and, and um, obviously really difficult and surreal. I will say I bring up my mother largely because I think in many ways when I've been 
thinking over this last week or so about what I wanted to say today, I kind of think Simone's our earth mother of fundraising. Um, but with, you know, bright pink <laughs> rings and purple and, you know, just, it, it's interesting, right? She, but, but I, I do think she's, an, she's our earth mother. Uh, Andrea used E words. I'm going to use B words today and say that I think of Simone as brave, as brilliant, and as a bossy broad. And I mean that in the best possible way. She was fiercely committed to so many things, including social justice. Yet I would have to say for me over the years, what really struck me the most was how much she believed in change, not for change's sake, but to make the world a better place. And I, I, this was always so touched by that and so impressed with that. So my, and I promise each are brief, but my three quick uh, kind of remembrances of Simone. The first is the one that Wayne pointed out. I had the immense honor in San Antonio of getting to uh, present Simone's award, uh, what I what I call kind of the AFP Lifetime Achievement Award, <laughs> on, on stage there. And I got to give her a big hug, and we all got to hear her great words as ever. And it was just, you know, it was one of the highlights of being chair for me. So I, I'm I will be forever grateful for that. The second is that, uh, and Robbie and Andrea, you'll remember this. I don't know if Andrea, that's right, Andrea's going to, Robbie will remember. So, so we all, uh, many of us, uh, kind of dove in to, uh, pursue the, uh, partnership, the IOF partnership around, uh, the advanced, uh, diploma, international advanced diploma. And my favorite thing about being in that program with Simone is that she pushed us every second of our time together. She just wanted to make sure we were all really thinking through everything that was being presented to us by Jen and Adrian and others. And she pushed every one of us, including me often, in a really good way to to kind of push ourselves outside of our comfort zone, which I think she was one of her one of her greatest traits, one of her greatest assets was her ability to do that. The last thing is that, um, uh, oh, Beth Ann, sorry, I hope I didn't take up your time. I'm seeing that you're stepping away, uh, and it was great to see you. The last thing is that if I had to choose one thing overall that I appreciated most about what someone taught me from a fundraising standpoint, it was the fact that she pushed back every time we would use, and this is a big part of, of uh, what I've done in fundraising, what a lot of the folks on this um, podcast have done, when we would use the term major gifts, major for gifts. In other words, saying this person over here is, you know, a major person because they made a major gift. This person's a minor person because they made a gift at a lower level. And while I have to say I still, uh, I still struggle with <laughs> what terminology to use and I'm, I'm constantly switching that up. I never forget that every time that we have those conversations around major gifts. So again, Vincent, thank you so much for this opportunity. And, and I, I really appreciate being able to be a part of this. Thanks very much for that, Martha, and for bringing us the, the B words, brave, brilliant, and bossy. Those are awesome. Um, and for those memories, um, I'm mindful that this is a drop-in piece and other people have um, uh, things to do today. I want to make sure that if there's anybody that's close, tight on time, Put your hand up and okay, Sherilyn, and then Paula, 
and we'll get those done. And we we will circle back, Lisa and and Jay and I, and sort of set the stage. So some of this might uh, in the audio version show up out of order, but we'll all get the video version, which is the raw, unvarnished picture. So that's great. Um, so if we could, Sherilyn, um, uh, please share with us uh, your memories of Simone. And you've been on this, you were on the podcast with her. You and Andrea were on our podcast. Mm-hmm. So thanks again. Uh, yeah, tell your stories. Thank you. Um, so, you know, I met Simone when I was in my early 20s. Uh, I was a, a new little fundraiser, and um, she's just been so central to my uh, professional formation and my development, um, uh, even as my career has evolved uh, over the years and, uh, and now extending beyond uh, fundraising. Um, so it's hard to hard to crystallize that in into uh, specific words, but um, I think what I certainly take away was the importance of being reflective in our work, um, being grounded in our values, why why we do it, why it matters, what it means to others. Um, she was always very particular about language, as Martha alluded to. Um, the power of our words, uh, what we use, the words that we use to describe uh, our work and how we show up in the world um, matter. Uh, and her commitment to learning, lifelong learning, and that was um, something that uh, was a real example and model for me. Um, yeah, I'm going to miss her. Th- thanks for sharing that, Sherilyn. And um... Yeah, I think we're all feeling those types of emotions that you uh, I could hear in your voice. So thanks for sharing that. Yes, the tissues out there. Uh, I, you said when I was just a, a little fundraiser, and I think uh, Simone intersected with a lot of our lives there. Well, except for Harvey. Harvey's always been old. Um, I'll come back to you in a second, Harvey. Uh, off to you, Paula. Thank you so much, Sherlyn. Thank you. Thank you, Vincent. Everyone has shared such beautiful stories and uh I'm going to take us to the gutter a bit in in a minute, but um, I think it's true. I think it's true to who Simone was. Um, I like what Kay said off the top. You know, she was she was bold and wild, and she was so giving of her time. Um, I sat as a representative of the AFP Toronto chapter, and she came as often as she could, which was every two years, and then rest one year, and then every two years to speak at our conference, which was which was wonderful. As did so many other wonderful speakers. Um, and so I became a huge fangirl of, of, of hers. And, and I like what Kay said about the bold and wild part because she, she held nothing back and she taught me so much as a woman. And, and like Kay, I, I often thought, and I, and as soon as I heard she'd passed, I thought this too is why can't I be more like her? Why can't I be more just so courageous? And so, I followed her in all her sessions and over at the resource Alliance, I, I went to her power and privilege session. I think it was called something like that, where we all get in a room and she said, she confesses, I don't know what this is going to really be like. We're going to build this together. We're going to have a conversation about deconstructing privilege and power together. And we're going to, you know, we're just going to figure this out for, for nine hours. And I thought to myself, oh my gosh, no PowerPoints, no plan, no nothing. What have I signed up for? Run away. But it turned out to be one of the most valuable sessions I, 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 I've ever been to. I mean, I just took so much away from that lessons that I will never, um, never forget. And, and the, and the, 
gutter part I'm going to say is that I also went to one of her cage rattling sessions. And if you've ever been to one of those, they're amazing. And so to, um, I think it was Daryl who earlier said, you'd never fall asleep in her session because you had to be always, I mean, you're being entertained, you were being informed, you were being taught, um, you were also being stimulated. So I remember at one point she walks over to me and she literally grabs me by the collars and she pulls me in just like this. And we're like inches away from each other. And she says at the top of her voice, fuck you right in my face. And I apologize for the swearing, but I think that was Simone all over, right? She was making a point and boy, did she, she ever make it. And, and that was the wonderful woman she, she was. I mean, no one else could do that. Can you imagine getting in someone's face in front of 40 or 50 people and F you, right? That, that was, that was just such a, such a, such a wonderful woman. And um, if I go any further, I'll start to, to, to cry, but uh, she'll be deeply missed for sure. Thank you for the opportunity, Vincent. Paula, oh, that's awesome. Um, and um, and and now we get that uh, that descriptive tag on iTunes with the with this around the the, the language. Good good job, and thank you, Simone. Uh, we've had some folks join us. We had some folks leave us. Welcome, Tom. Welcome, Leah. How are you? Good to see you. Um, I, I don't want to put anyone on the spot, but uh, Leah, were you on Ted's uh, uh, piece just a second ago, or are you going there? I just got off it. Okay, tell us what's going on there. Um, it's good. It's interesting to have them both at the same time, right? Well, it is weird because we we did not. I don't know Ted. I don't think he knows me. And when I put it out there, and and it just sort of happened, and then someone told me, so we decided to just do it. How? It, yeah. How, how, how's it over there? Good. Good. Right, good. Um, good. lots of familiar faces over there too. Good, good. People over there talking about people who are in here, and I'm sure people in here are talking about, anyway, it's, it's all, all good. good. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good. Um, Leah, we will circle back for your memories about uh, Saman, um, but there's also something that's being done in her memory that uh, I think AFP is involved with. Is that right? Or um, you were, did you mention something about that? There's something going on for her, and I don't, were you? Yeah, well, there's so many things going on. There are, I, there are. I kind of hate to focus on the AFP one. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm sorry if I misquoted that. Which one did you want to focus on? Well, sure? I'm, I, I'm happy to mention the AFP one, but I, I'd love if, if Tom would mention some of the others too, if he if he's willing to do that. That would be great. Tom, Because I, I don't want to highlight just one. Yeah, yeah. Tom, I didn't want to put you on the spot, but if you've got some stuff to share with us, welcome, by the way, and our deepest condolences to you. Ugh. Yeah. Here's Simone, by the way. I brought her. Hi, hey, Simone. Oh, she's been, she's been doing some hiking and traveling, huh? Yeah, she has. I put her in my backpack. We, we're going grocery shopping later today. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I know. You do what you so, can do. Um, um, I don't I don't want to t hog by talking just about the AFP one. Are you okay to talk about? Oh, the, yeah, the AFP one is great because uh, it's just for Canadians. and. Yeah. Um, I talked to, uh, oh, forgive me, um, Lori. Yeah. Yep. Lori Gustav, yeah. And uh, asked her, so what's a, you know, what's a decent amount for this? <clears throat> she said, well, 10000 and that they were already up to 8500 or something like that. So, um, 
we'll get there. I mean, everything, all our money uh, went out pretty much to social justice causes. And so with the United States, um, we liked, we love the Canadians, by the way. That's why <laughs> it's so special. <laughs> Going up to Congress in Toronto was always a highlight. And, uh, oh, just so many memories. Poutine for me, but someone, <laughs> you know, anyway, it, it, it's where we, where we felt the warmest welcome was always at Congress. And, um, so the fact that that goes to Canadian, you know, young fundraisers who then get, um, you know, a, uh, uh, scholarship to go. That's terrific. Um, in the United States, uh, the ACLU is fighting the, the battle <laughs> when, uh, when, um, a certain somebody, I refuse to use his name, was elected president in 2016. Uh, ACLU suddenly overnight got like a hundred million dollars just flooded in. And they hired 800, at one point they had 800 lawyers suing the White House alone. So, um, yeah, good cause. And, uh, what else did we have there? The Women's Fund of Rhode Island, which I was, um, able to post on the Caring Bridge tribute site for someone, um, that the Secretary of State for our little state, Rhode Island, called me because it was someone who, and the Women's Fund that she had created, that got her to run for statewide office for the first time, and now she's running for governor. She'd be our second female governor in a row, um, which would be fabulous. So, you know, all of these things meant a lot to her, and anything you want to do, that would be great. And I just, I'm tuned in because I wanted Simone to hear what you guys had to say. <laughs> I'm sorry. She's still here for me, even though, you know, it's a box. Uh, she's here. So, uh, Tom, she, thank you for joining us. And uh, it's hard. I know I can, can't imagine, but I'm glad that you also said that she's here because that's, that's how I feel. I think a lot of people still feel <laughs> that she's yeah. here. I actually, I've been watching YouTube videos of her doing presentations. Um, people have shared them, and I'm going to share them too. And it's just like, oh yeah, that's her. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Yeah. That's great. Well, thank you for sharing, Tom, and we welcome your thoughts as we go forward. I'm wondering if we could hear from you, Robbie, if you're okay with sharing a bit with the group on Simone's intersection with your life. Absolutely. Thank you. Although following Tom is a burden that I may never forgive you for. I apologize. All right. I I met Simone. So many of us have talked about being a young pup when we met her. And I certainly don't pretend to be in the same a generation as Sherilyn. But I think in my AFP service, the first committee that I chaired was the one that actually held the first faculty academy in 2000. What I didn't know is that when Simone was in a leadership position, she had been the one or among the ones, I assume the one, who gave birth to the idea of needing to train expert faculty. 
And we had a who's who of national trainers or nationally known trainers who came to the Faculty Academy with the express goal of critiquing the content, the delivery, the process. And of course, B.J. Bischoff was, was the presenter. And I thought I was just going to sit in the cheap seats and watch all this unfold. Um, Kathy Williams said, no, you're going to be one of the participants. So here I am with no track record at all, with all of these amazing people, including, of course, probably the greatest fundraising trainer, speaker, educator that any of us will ever know. And it was interesting one of the principles that BJ introduced to us was the difference between how children learn and adults learn. And one of her comments was adults question everything. Well, they certainly do, especially if they're competent and confident people. So I'm going to add some I words to your list. Um, I think what I learned is that in her querying, she was in tolerant of incompetence. And when you couple that with being innovative, that for me was the intersection of what made her so strong. And I think um, one of my greatest honors as a chair of AFP, when her book, A Firing Lousy Board Member, she asked me to read and comment on it. And I'm like, oh my God, just me, you know, doing this. And it, it was fascinating to be able to be tapped, not in what I would consider to be a professional peer, but in a professional role where she was actually looking for feedback from someone who was still a minion. Um, and I will always feel like a minion to her. But I think it's the idea of being intolerant of incompetence. And I think that's what drove her to write that book. You know, no board member is more important than your mission. And if they're screwing up, they're screwing up and have the courage to say the mission is more important than the ego of some person who's holding us back. So I, I really think that for me, the meeting her on a platform where we had invited people deliberately, purposefully to give us criticism, and she did. She pushed back at a lot of process and content and where it had logical application. She said, okay, I'm good to go with that because not everybody is as expert as she was when she came into that arena. So she did push the envelope and it, and her incompetence of intolerance has actually inspired me. In, in much of my work to say, why are we letting this hold us back? The mission is more important than this. So it, it, um, I think, uh, it's interesting when I think about, uh, Leah joining us from Ted's podcast. I actually think she's laughing at this overlap and saying, just deal with it. <laughs> so thanks for the opportunity to share. Well, th thanks. Thanks, Robbie. That's kind of how I thought about it when someone asked me, well, should we change it or whatever? Just deal with it. Um, and, uh, you, thanks for bringing Faculty Training Academy into this. Uh, you know, thanks for, for, for talking about the fact her, her, her voice with boards. I think maybe that's something we should all be taking forward as a torch for her is to actually start 
doing something about that. So that's awesome. Thank you, Robbie, for that. Um, uh, if I could, uh, one of our co-hosts uh, uh, needs to leave at the top of the hour, and that Jay Love has agreed to join us. And Jay is Jay's in, in intersection. I won't I won't take his thunder. He can talk about how he intersects with Simone, and it's multidimensional. So Jay, over to you if you don't mind. Oh, thank you very much. Well, it's it's not only Simone, but it's Tom too. It's Thomas exactly. now, and, and see there in a minute, and all. Uh, my professional relationship, like so many of you, began with Simone at conferences and all. We, we first had shared a podium together thirty-five years ago in Brisbane, Australia, of all places, and got to be friends with her. And uh, I would meet her from time to time, and you know, share a hug and share a story. But then, uh, as I was starting a business, and I was going to base the business upon best practices, all of a sudden through my relationship with Adrian and it led me to Tom, but I said, I can't get to Tom without talking to Simone and to make that introduction and did that. But then someone earlier was talking about their home in France. And I too was fascinated about it and kept looking for pictures and talking about it. And I said, by golly, I'm going to take my family over there if Tom and Simone will have me. Well, of course, I brought too many of the family that we couldn't just stay at their house. We had to rent something nearby. But that turned out to be very special because I took several of my grandchildren with me, all uh, several of my granddaughters, which became affectionately known as the ducklings because they would follow Simone around and Tom around just thirsting for their knowledge and for their enticement to, to do things and to embolden them uh, for that. So there were several occasions that uh, Simone would say, let the kids come over to our house and you stay where you are and you just go figure out something to do. And I remember we were going to have uh, hors d'oeuvres and a meal and she had the girls come over early and she took them on a shopping trip. And these girls ranged in age from about five up to about age 11 at the time. And she would get down low and talk with each one of them and challenge them and had them plan and help purchase the meal. Do you remember this, Tom? <laughs> yeah. And so they were totally fascinated by this to such a great degree uh, for that. And of course, before we went over there, they found out that the school that the girls were in actually taught French as a second language at the school. So Simone was all over that and to do that. And what we had there transcended a business relationship. It transcended a personal relationship. It became all out infatuation and love that those uh, little girls had for her and we had for them too uh, for that. And everything that we did for, the, for that week was so special that I said, well, they've opened up their home to us. I said, Tom and Simone need to come to my home in Indianapolis. And we're going to make it a four or five day extravaganza. Uh, enough that I, I told Tom and Simone, I said, you may not be able to keep up with all the things that are happening to these kids, but do your best and, and try to uh, for that. So we went to an outdoor concert for the symphony. We, uh, we explored the art museum and its grounds. We explored a brewery. Uh, it was just so special. But we would sit down each evening and just brainstorm a subject or a strategy for the fundraising world or for uh, challenging children and the educational processes in schools and et cetera for that. 
And the only word I can think of that expresses all of that was magical. It was just truly magical all the way through. And afterwards, uh, not only did they have this huge respect for Tom and Simone, but they also had this amazing respect. The two older girls came to me and they said, that's what I want my marriage to be like. They said, there is something very special that those two people have. And wouldn't it be nice if all of us could have that same type of relationship? And Tom holding up the ashes and saying they're going to go to the grocery store and all, it doesn't surprise me one bit uh, for that. But I just wanted you all to know that if you saw, if you had a chance to see Simone have an audience sitting on the edge of your seat, you haven't lived till you watch your little grandchildren on the edge of their seat, leaning forward, hanging on every word that Simone had to say and every word that Tom had to say too. So uh, they'll always be with us for the rest of our life. It was uh, it was very, very magical all the way through. Jay, thank you for that very personal intersection and the family relationships. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I saw Tom and Simone and their marriage and, and their relationship the same way. So, and that house in France, I think all of us wanted to go there. Some of us did. That's amazing. Um, well, I encourage you to go because uh, it's a very special little village where life stands still and you get to explore more than uh, the internet and TV. You, you, get, you dig into what the world is really about. That's great. And I see some things in the, in the chat from folks who visited. Uh, Sherilyn said that the extensive guidebooks, the personalized uh, travel maps, et cetera, are amazing. So that's great. Uh, Tom, did you have any response to any of that uh, uh, before I turn it over to Alicia to maybe share what it was like to be mentored by Simone? Uh, it's such a pleasure to see you again, Jay. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Tom. Alicia. I, I saw your post about Simon, and uh, and uh, when I was thinking about uh, what we might do, sort of in this ad hoc environment, Jay and you sprung to mind as as helping me sort of anchor this. Uh, we didn't know where it was going to go, but I want to give you an opportunity to share, you know, your your memories and 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 thoughts about Simon. Yeah, so writing that post was probably the blog post that took me the longest to write <laughs> ever in the two years of blogging. Um, and a lot of it was just a, a stream of consciousness and memories. And it was really difficult to weigh in which memories I wanted to share with others and which one, which memories I wanted to keep for myself. And so weighing that was really difficult because there's that, you know, part of it was wanting to share everything, but then there was some that were just deeply personal that I just, I just, it just felt like it had to remain a secret between her and I. But um, our relationship was, you know, you say mentor and she was a mentor. It was never one of those like formalized mentorship. I think she inevitably mentored thousands of people without necessarily mentoring. And it's been shared already by many who have already spoken since we started an hour ago. Um, so, you know, it was always fun because my, my first, in-person experience with her when was when she came to Montreal to present at our AFP chapter. Um, and so that kind of set the tone and then eventually, and then, you know, then through different conferences, et cetera, um, the relationship development, but it, it never became, it, it, be, 
became more solidified when she joined the um, Education Advisory Committee um, for ICON, as Daryl mentioned earlier. And that was the year I was chair of the committee and the, the year that Rebels and Renegades started. And then that that's where the relationship got more um, more solidified. And I always enjoyed how whenever I would call her or she would call me, immediately was always like starting off the conversations in French every single time. And it was lovely because it was so rare to have that opportunity to speak with a non-Quebec-based person, fundraiser in the sector that actually spoke French. So that was always cute. And she was always, it was adorable because she would use the more formal way of speaking French as opposed to the more colloquial friendly uh, uh, French. Um, but to me, it was really uh, over the last few years, it became more of a mentorship when I took, you know, we were, co you know, we were curating the Rebels track. So we got really in the weeds of the work and a conversation with her, a call, whatever we were talking about, it could never be about the work we would do because it would always evolve into like this big existential conversation and debate and debate in a good way. Um of, of peeling the onion of the issues within the nonprofit sector, uh, peeling the onions about how fundraisers fundraise and how we're led and everything. So it, and it would be so multidimensional that at the end of the call, which was never just five minute call, it was always a solid hour. Your hair hurt from the stimulation. And when you have this much hair, it's it's a lot of stimulation. Um, but it was in a good way, you know. You were spent at the end of the at the at the end of the conversation, but you're like, my God, I need to write all of this down because there's so much that was discussed. Um, so it was a lot of fun, and and just just the fact of her, you know, inviting me to interview her and three other people at one of the sessions in San Francisco, one of the Rebels track. I was just like, gosh, I can't do this. Like me interview you, like you're the big kahuna here. And she's like, no, you deserve to be on that stage just like everybody else. And that was like that moment of like in my head of, okay, all right, all right. Just her believing me in that, believing in my capacity to hold my own there was something I had never experienced by any other senior professional in the sector before. That was completely complete difference from everything else I've experienced. So the things I really learned in, and in addition to that, so, um, she was also, a very, she played a big role in pushing me to pursue my PhD. Um, when I approached her, gosh, I want to say about four or five years ago. And I said, look, I'm listening. I'm thinking of doing a PhD. I'm struggling with the topic. I'm not quite sure which way to go and where to do it. And, and that's when, um, um, at Plymouth, she she had gotten involved at Plymouth University, and she's like, "Oh, you should look into here, and um, this is what we're doing, and all of that kind of stuff." And she was always pushing. She was, "We need more women doing, you know, higher education. We need more researchers. We need to stop regurgitating what others are doing. We need to generate our own, you know, that whole like challenge intellectually the experiential knowledge that we have and put the science behind it." And so when I got accepted at Kent, like biggest, biggest fan, biggest um, cheerleader in in um, always wanting to hear how the my research was going and how everything was happening. And in the last year, we were we talked a few uh, a few times, and I had another one of those aha moments when she called me asking me how I was running my boot camp because she was looking at doing something different. I'm like, 
wait a second, the mentor became the mentee. What's that all about? That's bananas. No, no, no. <laughs> so anyway, um, wrapping it up. Um, but uh, some of the things I really that I take away with me and that I learned, and there's just so much more, but I was trying to conceptualize it and make it very simple is to always, always challenge what's, you know, the knowledge that we have. Why is it that we do what we do? Um, if it seems outdated, unjust, unnecessary, redundant, it's how we always did it. Challenge everything, but challenge it in a way that is nice. You know, don't need to pull punches. So that's something I'm like, okay, I need to work on it. I need to work on that. Uh, be brave to tell your truth. Um, own your voice and, and, um, and back it up. Don't, you know, own your voice, but back it up with substance um, and make space for people around the table. You know, it's, it was always about who else can we bring in around the table and who else we can bring in around the table that does not look like you and me. That was very, very important. And always be kind and generous and inclusive. And so those are some of the, there's a lot more lessons, obviously, but those are some of the more um, important lessons too carry forward moving forward so Lisha thank you for that there was a lot there and you mentioned the fact there's stuff that you held back and so um, I'm glad you shared with what you did and and thanks for bringing up the fact that she was so encouraging of, of of people going in the sector and getting advanced degrees I mean there's a couple on this call that for sure that I know of that have gone off to do that um, and uh, and it's very helpful to the sector Sherilyn Hale and Tony Myers and and others if I've missed you I'm sorry Thank you for sharing that with us. I want to make sure that people get a chance to also uh, weigh in. Um, uh, and I'd like to go to Luce and then to Harvey and then to Kimberly. And there's a few more backed up there. So, Luce, you've come back to the call. You're looking yes. very stylish today. Nice to see you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. A privilege to be with you all today. And a special greeting to Tom. Um, as you already know, your wife uh, was unique and extraordinary. So mm -hmm. it's like uh, it, it's been a, a real privilege to meet her. And uh, every time Simone approached me or is getting close, you know, she was like calling for me in French and made sure that uh, she was uh, reaching me in my own where she knew I was comfortable. And she had that delicacy, you know, and. For me, I will always remember her as a colorful woman, you know, not just in her opinion, in our, the diversity of uh, the way she was looking at life and at uh, different situations, but also in her, the way she dressed. She was not afraid to put herself, you know, forward with the biggest jewelry you could see. And she always had something new to, like, she, she was a real, uh, like, um, you know, she could be on a, on a capron or something, but every time you were looking, okay, what, what's Simone going to wear today and how will she uh, get to us? So if you ever, you know, thinking of um, a way, I think it will be to do a silent auction, you know, for all her jewelry and give that to a, to a, to a cause she likes, but oh my God, like she, she really had, uh, when she came to Montreal, Lydia already said everything about that. It was wonderful. I just echo that. But for all the members in Quebec, we felt so um, privileged to have her with us and for her to, to you know, to uh, reach to us where we were. And after that, she, she certainly used her English, but she always coming back to French and make sure everybody was feeling comfortable. So thank you very much. And I hope that you... Uh, you the healing won't be too uh, difficult but because you're losing a really really important person so 
special greeting, Tom. Thanks. That was <laughs> that was beautiful, Luz. Thanks for that. I do think there's something to um, that silent auction or that auction piece, and I always wondered uh, the, about Simone and her glasses were actually such a big part of her personality and her jewelry and her clothing, and it it, it made a difference. It really it had an impact. So I love that. If I could, I'm going to turn over to our left coast, our west coast, Harvey McKinnon, uh, and then I'll go to Kimberly and then to Kat. Harvey, you're up. You're on mute, my friend. Uh, but that's okay. We all are at some point. Well, I should be on mute, actually, probably. But um, uh, first, great to see everybody here. There's some old uh, old friends, and I haven't seen you for a while, thanks to COVID. Uh, and I was sitting here thinking and um, thrilled, um, basically, by what everybody said. But I cannot think of one person in the profession I've been around for a long time that we would do this for. So there's lots of people we love, lots of people we respect and want to honor, but I can't imagine as many things happening for anybody else in the profession. So that's to Simone's credit. And I wrote a couple of notes here, so I'll try and not actually read them. But uh, like lots of us here, I stumbled into fundraising because of social justice work. And Simone was a beacon in that area. And I've always been pretty open about my politics, but Simone was really out there with her politics. And it's one of the reasons that I loved her. Uh, and she was smart, analytical, you know, fought for a more just and equitable world. And as a lot of people here said in, in other forums that I've been involved with over the last little while, people will say she was a mentor and inspiration, brilliant woman, uh, inspirational. And I just want to, uh, take a slightly different tack here, which a couple of people have alluded to, but I want to honor for her love and um, uh, and that's for her love for justice and equality. Uh, she was a fun person. She loved life. She was dedicated to learning and becoming a better person and inspiring all of us. And one of the things that I've noticed and a lot of people have said is that she loved people so much that she'd always do more than she possibly could do to help people, um, always volunteering, especially with young fundraisers, especially with women. And I also want to recognize her respect and love for Tom. He was their soulmate for 37 years. They were soulmates together. And I know the adoration was mutual. Um, over decades, I've had lots of dinners, conversations with Tom and Simone. I know they care deeply for each other. They challenge each other to be better. They shared similar ideals. Like all successful couples, they argued about lots of issues, and but fundamentally, they were pointed in the same direction. Um, they're really kind to each other, and I believe they were each other's mentors. So I know, talking to Simone a lot during the last few months of her life, uh, how much she loved Tom and how important he was to support her and what she was doing in the world and vice versa. And so I've been thinking a lot over the last couple of weeks about how we can honor her. And one of the things that I was thinking is that we continue to fight for justice, but do it in a way that's driven by love, not hate. And as Martin Luther King said, darkness cannot drive out darkness, only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate, only love can do that. And I think fundamentally, uh, she was driven by love as opposed to hate. That's, there's, you know, kind of a couple of kinds of people who fight for a better world and some are driven by hate and I feel she was driven by love. And so I've been uh, spending a lot of time over my decades of trying to figure out how to bring about positive social change. And I think 
that is the key to success. And so in Simone's name, I'd like us to continue to fight for justice with kindness and love. And I think that would be one of the best ways we could honor her um, presence with us. Thanks. Oh, Harvey. That was beautiful. Thank you for sharing that with us. And I was wondering how long I could hold it together. And I noticed a lot of us are having having those same motions. So thank you for sharing that. And that's a great, uh, a great clarion call for us to to go there, go with love. If I could, I'd like to turn it over to to Kimberly, and then um, I'll go to Kat, and then to Tony. Kimberly? Damn it, Harvey, really? Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, it, I've been trying to think about what to share. And I I can't remember a time over the course of my career that someone was not having an impact. And I know there are people on this call, Harvey, Tony, Tom, Mary, Kay, you've all taught me this profession, but I didn't go to school. I learned it as I went. And her book is always within arm's reach of everything that I do. And every time that I work with boards or do anything, I always have to go, okay, what did she say about this? <laughs> and she's the only one who taught me that a successful fundraising program depends on the entire system of the program. And so many of us are talking about tactics, but Simone taught me about systemic thinking even before it was like a jargony. And there were multiple um, touch points over the last 25 years. Um, but two of the most memorable ones were the most recent ones, actually. One was in Hamilton, Ontario, where I had a, was a few years into my consultancy and um, found myself chatting with her. And it just hit me like a, a light bulb. And I just said, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I have been spewing everything that you have taught me without even remembering that you're the one who taught me that stuff. And she, and she just said, that's, that's totally cool. Thank you for that. <laughs> and then the, so I was grateful for the opportunity to thank her for her body of, of, really deep work that I would encourage us all to continue to reference and look at because if you actually go back and read it, it's, it's, um, it's deep anyway. Uh, and the, the last one was in Ottawa at a very, really intimate dinner. We were all tired. I think we'd all just finished a long travel day and the conference was the next day. And it was the first time that, um, there was a vulnerability there and and um, a really intimate discussion around imposter syndrome and fighting to get your sessions chosen and <laughs> all of these human things that have to do with being in this sector. And, um, and, and, and I was very touched by that because it was very validating for me that you can put yourself out there boldly and not everybody's going to like you for it but you still need to do it. And, um, and I'll just end with, um, I was chatting years ago, chatting with my friend, Jen Love about legacy fundraising. And she asked me, do, do, have you heard of the three deaths? And I said, no, I 
I hadn't. Um, there's a man by the name of David Eagleman who wrote about the concept of three deaths. And the first death is when your body ceases to function and breath leaves your body. And the second death happens when your body is consigned to the grave. That may or may not happen with Simon, depending on what Tom decides to do with that box. Um, and the third death is that moment in the future where someone says your name for the last time. And I think with her work and the impact that she has had on so many of us that I can't imagine that time ever coming. Certainly for me, it won't. So thank you, Vincent, for um, putting this together today. And Tom, I'm, I'm very sorry for your loss. And, um, and I'm also sorry that she taught me so much more. <laughs> But <laughs> great. Thank you. Great. Thank you very much, Kimberly. We appreciate that. Um, I'm wondering if we could go to Kat. Now, by the way, I'm still thinking about the three deaths, so I can't quite rationalize those. But um, Kat, if we could have a, a hear from you and then we'll go to Tony. Thank you, Vincent. Um, hello, everyone. And Tom, I just wanted to say thank you for sharing your beautiful Simone with all of us. And and um, not just today, but throughout the years, it's made a significant difference in my life as a fundraising professional. Um, you know, it. I first got. I, I first met Simone and you, Tom, I believe, as well in 2012, and it was in uh, at the Vancouver AFP conference. And again, uh, you know, another time, a couple of times here in Edmonton, Alberta, and. You know, I am I am quite the sentimental person in my, you know, with my family and friends. And also, I'm pretty sentimental in my professional life as well. Call me a geek or whatever. But, you know, Simone was, from what I know about Simone, she was always very, very giving, very real, very authentic, caring, loving. And I just want to show everybody this because it means a lot to me. And when I heard the news on social media, I was up one night. I got up one night to check something, an email or something, which is crazy. It was like one in the morning. And here I am and I'm seeing this and I, I'm like in shock. And it's like, no, that can't be real. That can't be real. Anyhow, um, I did, you know, in my company's newsletter, I did put remembering Simone. And it really does come from the heart. Um, I want to share this with everyone. I don't know if you can see it. But Kimberly mentioned the book as well, and it's right beside. And you can see all of the little stickies that I have here. And Simone actually, she took the time to to write something, and it's very meaningful for me, and it always will be. It says, September 2017. So nice to see you again, Kat. I love the way you read this book, exclamation point. All the little post notes accompanied by highlighting best Simone and there that is there and you know when we everybody has said so many wonderful and and beautiful things and I'm just thinking oh my god one of the things that I learned most from Simone is what I loved about her is that she was a rebel she had that fierce spirit to 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 stand up and fight for what's right 
Um, my husband calls me a pit bull with a bone when I when I when I stand up for things that I truly believe in, and I feel that Simone has inspired that, and I feel in that way, and particularly, we are kindred spirits. And I really, for some reason, this has really impacted me, and it's really affected me. And I I'm not somebody who has been out to lunch with her or been to her house, but you know what? The feeling is still very real. And and Tom, um, I remember meeting you seeing you and here in Edmonton at the uh the extraordinary donor journey. Uh the extraordinary yeah, I think that's what it's called. Anyhow, it was a conference. And you and Simone, I'm in a picture in between you and Simone and it was just and you know, guy and it just felt like I love doing stuff like this and I have these memories. For me that creates memories. And I think I'm very thank you, Vincent, for sharing this with everybody today and giving us an opportunity to express how we feel and Tom, my heart and prayers are with you. And thank you today for sharing Simone, because I don't think, I think she's still very much present and with us. And I think she will be continue to help, help us now on the other side. She's our, she's our angel on the other side. Hello, Simone. We love you. And um, yeah, one thing I wanted to mention too, I'm in the process. I just started to think about, I, I'm writing a book about fundraising and um, I'm involved with a group here in Edmonton who, you know, want to do, who want to do writing, uh, uh, write a book. And in my, in my starting, I'm starting the process. I started it about a month ago. And then there, I, I would, you know, one of the things that I really wanted to do is I really wanted to have Simone, you know, you know, write a paragraph or, or say something because she was really inspiring to me. And I'm sorry, I'm getting emotional and I may not be able, I can't do that right now. So that's really tough. Because, but I'm going to do something else. And um, yeah, yeah. Thank you all. Thank you for sharing that, Kat. That's a great story about how transcendent her impact was, whether you met her, visited their house in France, spent some time over meals uh, at the end of a conference, or uh, just recently um, in, in, in your lives had that. So thank you for that. Really appreciate that. If I, if I could, I'm going to invite Tony um uh to, to share a few of your thoughts tony if you if you don't mind you're on mute my friend and it's not the first time today <laughs> all good it's all good uh um what can i say um a couple of things one is i uh um i want to pick up on something if i could that that harvey said and about Simone fighting for social justice and 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 doing so with love and respect and 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 part of that occurs in a couple of ways. One is I think when uh, when you listen, and the second is when you have conversation after you listen. And my memory of Simone is is uh, her as a teacher. She was my teacher when I was at St. Mary's University in Minnesota doing my master's there, and. Um, and and uh, what I remember first and foremost is is that we didn't always agree. <laughs> uh, uh, she loved she loved to debate. Oh my God, that woman loved to debate. <laughs> and 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 we didn't always agree. And and uh, and and we didn't always agree in a, in a classroom. And 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 and, and during those those times, I felt like oh geez, geez kind of testy, testy lady. <laughs> uh, and my God, she was, she was. Um, but uh, I learned so much from her. She taught me, um, um, 
probably uh, one of the most important things um, um, was uh, con conversation about the importance of conversation among all of us in life and um, how, how important conversation is to social justice, how important conversation is to relationships, how important conversation is to operating boards, how important conversation is to everything we do in, in our business. And I continue to uh, reflect on the power of conversation, the power of listening, and the affirmation we give each other as people, as donors, as colleagues, when um, we have conversation and when we listen. So I will be forever grateful uh, for her teaching about conversation. Uh, Kat, you just uh, showed us a note from um, from Simone in 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 the front of the book where she engraved uh, engraved it. And um, what was so interesting is that I I too have uh, all of Simone's books, and and in the last ten days I found a note from her. Wow, those are great great finds, Tony. I want um, I want Tom. To know that I have been with him every day, and and Tom, um, I also want you to know that you're welcome in Canada anytime, <laughs> and uh, and and in my home anytime. I um, really thought I could keep it together. I don't know why I thought that. Um, and uh, it's so great to see everybody. Well, Benny, I'll be forever grateful. Thanks. Thank you, Tony. Um, you know, it, it is emotional. Uh, I've had rolling things and Sherilyn, she, she, she's, she's, a, she apologized to me and there's no reason to apologize. Uh, this is how we're feeling. This is where we are. Um, you know, I reached out to a large group of people to invite them to this event and, um, and uh, and uh, a few of them, uh, you know, I think about Adrian Sargent and Jen, and uh, I think about Guy Malabone. Uh, they got back to me. They were very, very appreciative of the invitation, but they they were not in a space where they felt that they could come on a call like this and participate. They were they were it, they're still dealing with with that, Tony. So the fact that where we are is where we are is, as you know, very very much why. She had such a huge impact on our lives. So thank you for sharing that. Um, Tara, I know it's a, it's a tough place to follow with that emotional content from Tony, but I want to give you an opportunity to, to share your thoughts as well. And then maybe if I if I could, maybe Sharon Batch and, and Leah and then back to, to Wayne. Uh, not trying to put anyone on the spot. If you've got nothing to say, that's good too. But Tara, over to you. Um. I sort of crashed this uh, call, um, but- uh, Not at all, not at all, Tara. I heard Harvey was coming on it and I, I just, I wanted to actually listen. I wasn't going to actually say anything, but, uh, but I will say something. Um, I, I'm not sure exactly when I first met, uh, Simone, but, um, but I have 
I probably was over 20 or 20 years ago. I probably heard it first heard her speak. And, and, uh, every time that I saw that, I think someone said anytime that you see her name, like I was there, um, to try to watch her speak because she was such a dynamic, um, presence and, um, speaking, but also like when you spoke to her as an individual on a one-on-one -on -one basis. And, um, she actually came to speak to our little chapter, um, the AF people in Horseshoe chapter, as Tom has done before too. And, um, uh, speaking to her ahead of time, she actually was, um, one thing that comes to mind, um, when I think of Simone is that she was still, although she was such a dy dynamic and big presence, she was still very humble and, um, she wanted to do a good job. Um, speaking and presenting at the chapter and, uh, she, you know, so she, she really wanted to put her best, uh, forward no matter where, where she was speaking and who she was speaking to. And, uh, she also, I think someone also had spoken about her, um, her fashion sense and everything. And she was, she <laughs> ahead of time talked a lot about, she talked a lot about what stockings she should wear and what, what, uh, sunglasses and, uh, Sorry, what sunglasses um, uh, she would wear and what rings and everything. And she was just so much fun and uh, so lively. And uh, she was, she'll be incredibly missed. But um, also, I remember um, walking down the street in Toronto when they were, when Tom and Simone were up for um, one of the Congre AFP Congress and um, just walking down the street with her after a dinner that we were at. And um, speaking to her one-on-one -on -one, and she just was so she really put when you were speaking to her like it felt like you were like so special and she really was interested um in what you had to say and really um she listened but she also you know um gave her own opinions and stuff like that and she um talked about um, we talked about my daughter being in French immersion and, and, uh, she was obviously thrilled by that because, uh, French, uh, the French language is obviously French background. She's French and, uh, it was very important to her. So it was nice to, she actually was thrilled that, um, my daughter was, was in French immersion and stuff like that. And, um, so that's, I mean, really, I just think she's just humble and generous and, uh, a beautiful spirit. And, um, I was really thankful to, to know her. And uh, to have had a chance to um, to get to know her in the past, and um, I just wanted to uh, to say, Tom, I'm, I'm so sorry for your loss, and um, I cannot not imagine losing um, your second half, your, your better half, and um, yes, so that's um, sure. Thank you for that, Tara. I think when you talked about walking down the street. Um, after a session or something and having those conversations with Simone, I, for me, and I'm sure many on the call, we can think about a lot of those times when we did that, if we had the privilege of doing that. So thanks for sharing that. That was really great. Um, Sharon Batch, I don't want to put you on the spot, but if you would like to share a few words, we'd love that. Um, I know you sent some pictures ahead and I just haven't had time to put pictures up. So uh, if you, if you want to weigh in, please do, Sharon. Yeah, thank you very much. Well, I guess first and foremost, um, I've been with my partner 48 years and Tom, I can't imagine how horrible this is for you to lose your, your better half. And, uh, I'm so sorry to, to, uh, 
well, I, I just, I feel very sorry for you and I hope you are going to be okay. Um, my, my relationship with Simone was very small in comparison. It was lovely to hear all the wonderful things you had to say. And I wish I had known her better. But my experience with her was always uh, very positive as well. Whenever I used to email her, uh, my subject line was always, Bonjour, Simone. <laughs> so she knew <laughs> it was coming for me. And um, where I first was involved, I'd been in a, uh, one of her sessions at the AFP conference in Toronto. And my book had just come out. It's um, From Chaos to Control. Uh, build a high-performance team with knowledge management. And I asked her if she would read it and give me her thoughts on it. And I've asked several people that question uh, that I thought would give me a good overview. And for most of them, there was no response, but not Simone. She read the book fully. She gave me an absolutely wonderful review of it. And I really appreciated that very, very much. In subsequent years, um, we would connect based on maybe some information that had come through from a consultant down in the States, and I'd want to connect. She was always very willing to make those uh, those relationships uh, occur. So I found her to be extremely supportive and more supportive than many in the field because a lot of times people tend to cluster their their connections and keep them very close, but not Simone. She was always, as many people have noted, very generous very supportive, but also really committed to the whole not-for-profit community uh, because she understood all the things that they could do and could do better. And um, uh, Vincent mentioned a photograph. It's Simone and I with our both legs up like a can-can dancers at one of the conferences. <laughs> and she was total fun. I love the way she presented herself. And uh, uh, I will miss her. And somebody said that... Uh, your third death is when your name is no longer mentioned. And I think that will be very, very long in coming with Simone because she's offered so much to so many. And um, most of you are consultants. I'm the one oddball in the group because I'm a software creator. But, uh, oh, there we are. <laughs> but uh, I can honestly say um, when you work with people as I do at the very deepest level of what they do, you understand so totally how important their job is and how much it uh, contributes to our overall community. So once again, to all of you who've known her far better than I, I'm so sorry for your loss. And again, uh, Tom, I'm terribly sorry for yours. And thank you very much, Vincent, for inviting me to attend. Thank you, Sharon. Uh, another example of, of you know the things that Simone did that everyone really should do, but most people don't like reading your book and giving it a review, right? I mean, that's just amazing. And so, so much about Simone. I, um, I, I want to give uh, uh, Wayne and Lou Sebast to, uh, to circle back if we could. I want to give them an opportunity and then I'll open it up for anyone else that wants to say anything. And Tom, if you want to say something as we start to close this out, you're welcome to, but don't feel like you need to. Wayne and Luce, if you would. Yes. So, Tom, this is for you. This morning we went out. We're thinking of this moment we'd have with you. So we got a rose for you, La Mémoire de Simone, and thinking of La Vie en Rose, the Gap. So I'm sure that uh, Simone listened to that. So this is for you from us. So thank you. And Wayne has something to add that we prepare. Yeah, we were trying to find something that would really epitomize uh, Simone's character and spirit and and because she was so full of life and, and bigger than life and so colorful, 
we thought it might be nice to have a bouquet of balloons <laughs> to remember her by. I love it. Lots of color. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. Thank you. That's great. Uh, thank you for that. Um, I, I don't want to leave anyone out. If there's other things that folks want to share, but don't feel like you need to, um, yeah, Sherilyn, please. Um, I don't know if everyone knows or how many know, but the CFRE certification, Simon was the founding chair of CFRE as an independent uh, credential. And, you know, she fought long and hard uh, and was deeply committed to the idea that the fundraising profession needed a credential uh, that was independent, that uh, was available to all fundraisers, regardless of what professional association they were affiliated in. And um, I had the, the honor of being the second Canadian chair for, for CFRE. Uh, and, um, uh, and Tony Myers also was uh, on the board uh, during my tenure. Uh, Simone's fingerprints were all over <laughs> CFRE uh, in terms of, of the board, the governance, uh, the principles in which we uh, shape the credential uh, and the role that it had uh, in the profession. And she and I had a lot of conversations about uh, the role of CFRE and, um, you know, it remains strong and vibrant today in no small part uh, to her leadership at the very, very start of that. So I wanted to acknowledge her, her leadership with that. Um, one of my favorite memories with Simone and Tom was hanging out in Bermuda. Um, those of us, those of you who know me well know I love islands and I try to spend as much time as possible uh, in, in warm climates uh, surrounded by water. Um, and that uh, for a number of years included uh, time in Bermuda uh, and doing work uh, with the philanthropic community there. And Simone and Tom were very gracious to come uh, and speak. I believe it was the first uh, conference for the Center on Philanthropy uh, in Bermuda, Bermuda that I was involved as a, a volunteer helping them uh, put together. And uh, they came, uh, volunteered their time, participated. And we had some fabulous dinners uh, overlooking the water. Um, but uh, just so grateful to have had Simone in my life and grateful to you, Tom. Thank you. That's lovely. And thanks. Thank you for that reminder about CFRE, Sherilyn. Um, I, 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 it's really important uh, to the sector and, and has such long tentacles. And thank you for being chair and for Tony and others for serving on that board. So that's great. Would others like to, to have some, some things said that they didn't get to say during the session? Uh, again, don't feel like you need to. But if you if you want to put your hands up. Um, and if you're not, I'm going to turn it over. And Tom, you, you don't have to say anything uh, at all. But if you'd like to say a few words, please do. Hey, <clears throat> well, thank you, Tony. <laughs> now, now you made me do it. When I look at you across the top of my screen, looking at our real family, we have biological family and we love them. But our family was this world and I'm so grateful for everything you've said she would have loved it but she's actually still around according to the Buddhists 
So, <clears throat> for 67 days, she gets to listen in. So she's hearing this, and she's reading your tributes, and she loves you back very much. Thank you, Tom. We really appreciate that, and we appreciate you attending. I know it's a tough time, and it's a tough place to be, and not always where you want to be, and but you appreciate it. Thanks for sharing Simone with us today again that was awesome and there we go there she's still with us so folks i want to thank all of you for for joining us today uh as i said from this from the get-go we will issue this uh for the universe to, to hear in audio form and i will share the video form with all of you we had a number of people who were on the call um who either didn't want to say anything or couldn't because of time uh dree thompson diamond was here uh, Anne hale was here uh, Beth Ann Locke was here, um, and uh, the lovely thing about all of this is that we didn't we didn't all have to say anything. Uh, we could just be and participate and and sort of soak in our love for Simone. So I thank you all for taking part. Great ending. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, Great everybody. Everybody. I want to thank everyone who took the time to join us on this special podcast. In addition to sharing this with all of you, we will also be sharing both the audio and video recording with Simone's life partner. Tom Ahern. And finally, in closing, to you, Simon. Simon, I want to personally thank you for your courage, your leadership, and your fierceness. I will carry and treasure my time with you for the rest of my life. Thank you. And with that, we end our special podcast, our gift to everyone who loves Simon. Rest in peace, fierce leader. <laughs>